And that truly was the way that we went from a very tiny little client group and not a whole lot of revenue to the situation that we're in now where it's waitlisted and we have as much work as we need and as we want was really because of great referral people and then all of that kind of clustering that happened afterward. It can seem like celebrity entrepreneurs won the jackpot, but there's more to this story. Behind the blockbuster coaching programs, offers, and live events are stories of careful development, fixed mistakes, and strategy. On this season of the Coach Pony Podcast, I'm sitting down with successful business owners to ask them, how do you build that? I'll talk to a wide range of coaches and leaders, digging into how it all started, what they learned, and what you should know if you want to play a similar game. And with that, let's get down to business. Today, our guest is Rita Berry from RitaBerry.co. She runs a digital marketing agency focused on helping female-led businesses succeed. But before she made millions or built a team, she was just a solo business owner trying to grow. And she did it the old-fashioned way through personal relationships. A digital marketer who built her business just through referrals and word of mouth? We had to hear more. Rita Berry, you are the next guest on the Coach Pony Podcast. Come on down. I am so excited about today because we're going to talk about how Rita built a $5 million agency via relationships. Relationships, such a simple, old school, basic thing. And in this world of social media and all of the YouTubes and the TikToks and the Instagram, it is great to just remember and remind ourselves that we're human and really old school things work because as humans, we want to feel connected. So I want to talk to you. So just let me pause and say, hello, Rita. Hello. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. So You have a digital marketing agency that focuses on helping female-run businesses really grow. So I want to go back to when you started and you really had no clients because we all start with no clients and there's nothing wrong with that. Tell me, when you started your business, what were you really trying to build at the time? Well, way back at the beginning, I kind of consider I have like two beginnings of the business. There was like the I don't even know what I'm doing. And so I'm going to talk more about the like building the business on purpose part because I feel like that's more useful. The other part's a lot of floundering. And so I was trying to build an agency that would work with a few clients, like more of a, not select, because that sounds really like, an, I don't like that word particularly, but you know, like just a really great, good fit group of people for me that was really small, really intimate. You know, we didn't work with a ton of people and that we would help other female-led businesses grow bigger, faster, easier, all that sort of stuff. So that was kind of the beginning of this iteration of the business. That was really what we were aiming to build, or I was aiming to build. I say we now that there's like a team. So So you didn't want to necessarily take over the world. You just wanted to work with your handpicked clients, people that you thought were a good fit for you. So tell me... You started with a web design business. It wasn't initially a digital marketing agency like you have today, but it evolved into a digital marketing agency, and that's when your business really took off. So tell me, how did you get those first digital marketing clients 
given that you were sort of changing your niche a little bit. So how did you land those clients and how did you get the clients who really started to accelerate your growth? So that's maybe two questions, but I'll let you tackle them in whatever order you choose. They're almost the same. So it was essentially when we went from the web design and I transitioned into the digital marketing, I had been doing a little bit of that service for the web design clients anyway. So there was like this through line between them and the new agency. And that was really where the idea came for the new agency because those services kind of started ahead of time. And then, but there was kind of a break where I stopped doing the web design and moved toward the full digital market agency that we have now. And after, you know, having those first few clients, getting the referrals, because, you know, that's how that part worked with the web design, I realized that for me, getting to know people in a really tangible face-to-face sort of way was the best possible way for me to meet people that I actually really liked, which is a big thing for me, um, and people that I just jive with, right? Like, because we work really closely together doing all the things that we do. And so I ended up just trying to find different places where people that I liked and got along with and had similar values and missions to me hung out uh, and then just literally started making friends, going to masterminds, meeting people, um, small conferences, I'm not big with big conferences. So I was really picking, handpicking places that suited my personality, because I'm quite introverted. I like small groups of people and getting to know people a lot better, rather than superficial relationships. So I really sought out a lot of those kind of venues. And sometimes I had to pay, right, for like a mastermind, you have to pay. And then other times, um, it would just be trying to find like-minded people that I thought I would get along with really well, and really without an agenda. Like I wasn't like client hunting, so to speak. That's not really how I roll so much. But it was really just if I know if I meet people in these industries, and they're people with similar missions and values, then I just know things good things always happen when I show up in those places. Did you keep some web design clients while you made this transition? Not really. It was almost like I had enough web design clients that I was doing additional services for that it really allowed me to be able to just not take on anybody new. And then so there was like a definitely a little overlap of kind of retainer services that that hung over for a little while, um, but not just didn't take on any new folks and then only added to the digital agency side of new clients after that. Okay, so you're out there, you're talking about yourself now as a digital um, agency helping female led businesses. And going to conferences, you're choosing masterminds and you're making friends. So how did these friendships lead to clients? Tell us a little bit more about that process. I think one thing that I, if anyone who's met me is like, I'm really not a very salesy kind of like, when you think of like networking as at least what I think of networking, I just think of a very specific kind of person and interaction. And I really have very little use for that personally. I don't enjoy it. Uh, and so I would just show up and be genuinely interested in other humans and what they did and who they were and who they served. And then that was often reciprocated where you're just having conversations about your business, especially when you're around other entrepreneurs. And then naturally from there, you make some great friends who potentially know a person, either they might be a good client for you, or they know other people who might be good clients for you. And so that's what ended up happening is they met, you know, a number of, I would say, like highly connected people who just were for whatever reason, you know, that's the type of person they were, they knew five or six really great good fit clients that would be a good fit for me. And then and vice versa, because often it was like a reciprocal relationship as well, where you're kind of sharing referrals back and forth. And from there, 
you get one great client, you do really great work for them, then they go to their masterminds and you know, other business owners notice they're having success and then they share your name in those masterminds. And that truly was the way that we went from nobody, like very, a very tiny little client group and not a whole lot of revenue to the situation that we're in now where it's, you know, waitlisted and we have as much work as we need and as we want um, was really because of great referral people. And then all of that kind of clustering that happened afterward. I love this story about how you were really there to make friends. You got into conversations and things flowed just really, really naturally by you investing in these relationships. It just became really easy for people to refer business to you and for you to also network and refer business to other people. I love that story. You also use the term mastermind. So for all of the coaches who are listening, I mean, Rita helps business owners and business owners and entrepreneurs, we often mastermind. But if you're a coach who's working with people, the same thing still applies. If you are awesome at helping people lose weight and get fit, when that person goes and loses weight and gets fit, their friends are going to ask how they did it. And those friends are going to want that same kind of help. So yeah. it doesn't matter if you're in a mastermind for business owners, or you're just out there networking in other ways. We as humans are socially wired, and we love to share things that work. That's just how we are. That's why we love to give restaurant recommendations and everything else. So I just wanted to put that out there for all of those coaches. I want to unpack something here with you on referrals. So tell me, did you find that you got referrals from just a few people? Did the 80-20 rule apply to you in that a lot yes. of your referrals came to one person? Tell me more about that. Yeah. So there's like one person that I met really early in the mastermind, he and it was one of those things, right, where it's not like you're going out and engineering anything. And I was just basically explaining what I did. It was the first time we'd ever met. And the entire time we were sitting in the room, he was just staring at me sideways, like just looking like very intent on what I was saying. And after we were all done introducing ourselves for the morning session, right, he just came over and he was like, I have somebody that I need you to meet. And I didn't even know who this person was outside of like just the brief introduction we'd had in that morning. But that's the other thing that's so powerful about meeting a person, right? You, there's so many things you can feel someone's energy and how earnest they are and everything about them where they just, it's so much faster, right? And I knew right away that he was an incredibly trustworthy, wonderful person is still a dear friend to this day. I mean, that's like years upon years ago now. And through him, he connected me to someone that someone then connected me to other people and then that each of those people that I was connected to, then, you know, they also know five people each, and maybe only one or two of them is maybe a good fit for the service that we provide. But once again, we're very small boutique, like higher price point, lots high touch service, we don't need 1000s upon 1000s of clients, nor do we want that 1000s and 1000s of clients. We just want a small group of the right fit. And when you look at like, those little clusters of you meet one person, they're well connected, they know a couple, it doesn't take long for all of a sudden you have 5, 10, 15 clients. And then you are doing really well, right? Like it really doesn't take all that long. Uh, and it doesn't need to be nearly the scale that I always thought when I first started, like I need to reach 1000s upon 1000s of people. I really don't I just needed to get in the right rooms and meet the right people. I love this. Yeah, sometimes it can feel overwhelming at the beginning. But if you're really clear on what you want to build, which you were, so coaches listening, be clear on at least what you want to build in the next year or two. It will evolve over time and that's okay. 
then it becomes a lot easier to meet those numbers. As you said, you don't need a ton of people to have a fully booked out client load for your business. And you don't necessarily want to build a $15, $20 million business tomorrow. You know, that's not what you're looking to do in this moment. So you can choose your clients and you can control your growth, which is awesome. Exactly. Because then it also depends on like stage of life too, which I've always been really cognizant of where what I want to build in the next year or two I'm not going to know what my life looks like in three, five years, right? And we just get to keep deciding that over and over again. So um, yeah, it was just more the sh- kind of the short long term in that like two to three years. I want to ask because I know coaches are going to want to know this. Since we're talking about networking and building, re- really, we're talking about building relationships. I'm, I, I feel like we, you said networking, you're right. There's a lot of bad connotations around that word. But as we're talking about building relationships, you mentioned you really thought about how you like to work. So you came at a place of strength and you thought about where your people hang out. And then you chose conferences and groups that matched your personality style and also had those people. So tell me, how much do you think you spent in terms of actual money in the beginning to start to market your business, to attend some of these events and join some of these groups? Oh, that's an excellent question. And I really like, I don't know, like business masterminds are notoriously expensive, um, you know, for anyone who's kind of in that space. But I don't, it was probably like a few thousand dollars to like start attending really small conferences. And usually what I found was the small conferences were actually usually cheaper. Because for me, I didn't need to go to like, the flashiest conference in the world, you know, I could go to like a local event as long as the people that were my client group, or who would potentially know my client group, you know, whether that made sense, right? Like, could I see the line from this particular group at that particular conference to ultimately a client? And those can be like a few hundred dollars. Went to like a lot of local things. Some of them were free. Um, so it wasn't necessarily until I guess a little bit later where then I was, you know, I think one of the masterminds was probably 8,000 with like in person and all the things. So it definitely went up quite a bit, but there was also a ton of like low cost and freer alternatives at the beginning that I was using, especially locally because. Free was good. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's no shame in that. I and mean, we all start yeah. out needing to kind of really watch costs. And, you know, as you do, you grow. And then to your point earlier, you met a few people who are really great connectors. And there's some people out there who just love connecting people. And then they were able to drive a lot of referrals your way. So you don't even have to meet that many people to start getting a lot of client referrals. Exactly. Because I'm never going to be that person. But it was I didn't realize initially when I had started meeting people that some people are just like super connector people. Because not being one myself, right, you don't necessarily realize that there are certain people that know so many people and love that. And it was only through getting to know people went, oh, my goodness, some of you people are so different than me. And that's amazing, because we all have different strengths. And it was when you do happen upon a couple of those super connectors, that's really kind of what blew everything open. And they are out there, guys. A lot of them are in real estate. No, I joke. But (laughs) (laughs) they are. They are. They they are out there. Some people just love connecting and and they, you know, they're happy to evangelize your business if you connect with them. So I love that story. So when you got started and you had really doubled down on this digital marketing concept, was there ever a moment where you were like, I'm not sure I'm gonna make it? I would say like always still now where you're like, is this going to work? Right? Like it's one, it's my brain and not necessarily any evidence in front of me. Because once I figured out that if I meet people and we talk about what we do and, you know, we get really good results for people because that's obviously the other side of it. No one's going to refer you if you do a terrible job. 
I think we do a fantastic job. Our service is very different. And for the people that love it, they love it. I don't know. It's more just like the mental doubt that I think will exist for me always is the part that I always have to work against, right? Where you just wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, nothing's working today. Like this is all just going to go away tomorrow. It's a sham, all that kind of stuff. That's more the stuff that I have to work against. Because when I'm looking at kind of the evidence in front of me of like balance sheets and all of that stuff that now my accountant brings to me (laughs) that we're a little further along, none of that says something's going wrong, right? Everything looks fine on paper, but that's always been the biggest lesson for me as an entrepreneur and as a human is that regardless of how like successful I look on paper, I still wake up in the morning some days and going, okay, this is going to be gone. Someone's going to show like the official like business police are going to show up and be like, you're, you're not successful. You shouldn't have this. And I still have to work on my own brain um, so that I can handle that because I now acknowledge it's never leaving. It just will be with me always. I'm glad you said that because you're not alone. And that self-doubt, I think it's, yeah, it's just part of being human. And we have it a lot, a lot, a lot in the beginning, but it lurks throughout everything. Being an entrepreneur is scary and there's low lows and high highs. And you just, once you're on that roller coaster, you just got to strap in. The the general doubt in the beginning, for sure, right, where you're like, I'm never going to figure this out. And then once I had evidence that I did figure it out, I thought that it would go away. And it, it is still here for the ride. So let me ask you a question, and you might not feel comfortable sharing it, but if you, if you do, that's great. You had a graphic design company. How much did the graphic design company make at the end per year? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Like... I really don't even know. It never broke a million. I don't know if it broke 500. I don't know. Maybe in there? Yeah, see, literally, it's so stuck with me. I literally don't know. (laughs) But it it was small. Could you imagine when you started to shift your focus into digital marketing that you would be, we'd we'd be talking to you today saying, you know, here you are with a $5 million business. Did you ever imagine that? No. Like even I remember hitting... The first time it was like when I hit a million like of actual revenue collected, right? Like that big cumulative number, which was kind of a moment where you're like, what? Because I remember that moment too. That's a big moment (laughs) in your business. And then the next big one is 2 million. (laughs) So it is, you're like, what happened? And then when you make it all in a year and Mm. then it's like, what? So there's all of these moments that I I just honestly never, ever thought. I come from very, very humble beginnings um, as far as monetary things and just... It didn't even occur to me that it was possible because I had never, I didn't grow up around a lot of entrepreneurial people. So you just got a job and you did that, right? And I was a social worker before this, so they make nothing. And, you know, it just, it didn't occur to me that one human could do this, you know, and then now a whole bunch of humans do this because obviously the team makes it all possible. But yeah, never like I still, it still blows my mind when I look at the numbers going, we did this for people. And it's representation of all the work that's been done. Like, cause there's so many other clients on the other side of that, that we work for that also have done amazing things with us working together and them working on their business. It's a big spider web. This is what I like about your business and coaching and how they relate. Not only do you of course work with a lot of coaches. <laughs> so yes, you're very, very in that. But like a coach, whether you have 10 clients or 100 clients or 1000 clients, you know, you get to touch those lives. And then when those people reach their potential or get closer and start achieving their goals, they impact other people's lives. So it is very similar in that respect that your reach is bigger than you think. 
So today, what do you do to build relationships now that your business is at a whole different level? That's, I mean, we always have the COVID lens here. I would be out meeting a lot more people in person. Absolutely. Like when that is possible and all the things, I'll be out there doing really the same thing, like nothing different, just being a human in spaces where I think other cool humans are hanging out. That is really what I'll be doing. And right now, it's a lot of like maintaining relationships, making sure like we're having coffee dates and we're connecting with like people that I know. And I just like to see what people are up to because you also get great ideas for your own business. So it's not, you know, let's have coffee and figure out referral partners. Like it's never like that. It's like, let's just connect and chat and visit and good things happen. Uh, That's very much how I like to do networking is just hanging out with other people. And yeah, so that that's really it. It's just maintaining a lot of the relationships now. And then there's also I have a big enough kind of referral group and people that I know, in online business and coaching and things like that, that we get a lot of referrals, just on the regular that come in. So that as far as business building, in the pandemic times where I can't go out and actually meet a whole bunch of people traditionally, that's really, it's got to the point that that's sustaining us handily now. And that's a bit of a snowball effect that I want to uh, just remind coaches of because in the beginning when you're out there marketing, whatever marketing platform you choose, and I, I hope that you will make networking a part of your marketing and relationship building. But when you're out there, it's crickets for a long time and then it's really slow going. But there comes to be a point where the snowball just starts to roll down the hill on its own a little bit because you've reached enough critical mass <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> that it takes on a life of its own a little bit. You still have to do stuff. You still have to maintain it, but you're not pushing it in the same way. And so it, it happens on almost every platform. Um, as long as you put in the work, you'll get there eventually. So I'm glad that you said that. It helps. And it's a good reminder that you start with nothing. But as long as you keep consistent and keep really focused on what you're doing, it grows and grows and grows and takes on a life of its own. And I had heard that before it happened to me. And you're like, okay, I get intellectually how that's going to happen. But I this get that urban feels, myth. Yeah. <laughs> it does. But this sucks right now, yeah. not like having the people and and knowing you could do good work for them, right? Like where you feel like I have so much, I have so much potential to go out and do these things and help these people. That just sucks. And And once it got to the point where that snowball kind of started rolling all by itself, where people know you and are like on the wait list. And like, it feels really weird because you do kind of switch gears a little bit um, and not have to actively go out there and do things. But for me, since the business is built on relationships and I love relationships, uh, so it's it's not so bad. But yeah, the snowball is amazing. It's amazing. It is. And I, I just want to, it does happen, you guys. It does happen if you're willing yeah. to put in the work. And it does suck in the beginning. Oh, and so if you're at the suck sucks. stage, we feel you. And we've both been there. Yeah. And, For like you know, years just, and years. Yeah. And it can last a while, but it, you just, you know, keep learning, keep trying things, keep focused. Looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently? I would have done the relationship sooner because since I am introverted and I feel, you know, have like some self-doubt stuff, my brain and my fear of failure and getting rejected stopped me from going out and meeting people in a really like face-to-face meaningful way for years. And so when I say I suffered for years, it's truly, it wasn't even because I was meeting people and it wasn't working. It was because I was like avoiding meeting people. The whole graphic design piece, web design part of my business I could have done so much better had I applied the techniques I use now before. So when I actually started actively focusing on like a better niche, right, and those sorts of things, and then combine that with getting out and meeting people, it actually didn't take very long. So if I had to start all over again, that's literally what I would do, be really, really clear on what I did and who I did it for, 
and get out there and meet folks. When you land on Rita's website, ritaberry.co, you will immediately know if you're in her niche or in her group or not, because she's so clear on who she serves. And then, yeah, to your point, it makes it so much easier to get out there and doing that. I love that. I advocate relationship building for every coach because it is good for your mental health as well as for your business to have a strong community around you. So you can say to people, this sucks, or you can say to people, I tried this thing, or you can say to people, I found someone cool. You should talk to this person or whatever it is. It really, it's so powerful for your business. There are a lot of coaches out there who need to build relationships in their business. And also there's some coaches out there who want to have a coaching slash consulting model who might want to do a little bit more agency work in addition to coaching. So what are your top three tips for coaches who kind of want to go down this route? Oh, goodness. Other other than investing in relationships, like truly, if I actually see another business who's struggling now, and if like people, because people, you know, start to ask questions of you um, when you're doing well, and that's the number one thing that I usually see is that they have re- problems with their relationship and their network, right? Like that's kind of fractured. So investing in relationships, however that fits at whatever stage in your business, you can do that in a variety of ways and a variety of different price points. Huge one. The second one for me has been keeping it simple. I'm sure a million people, but have the same tendency as I do because I see it in all of our clients is overcomplicating things is super fun and kind of like scratches that itch of our brain to go and try novel things. Uh, we have actively kept the business really simple and it allows us to streamline our processes, our software, our automations, all of those kind of like higher level next step type things in a business it makes everything so much easier. And I also think it helps us deliver a better, higher quality service because we're so focused on keeping it simple and delivering the service we deliver in the best possible way. And for us, as far as like the service-based model, and honestly, I see it with a lot of our coaches um, that we support as well, is that we're pretty obsessive about the results that people get. And the coaches I see that do really well are also the same, where it's like, we are always trying to figure out how can we do our job better to help the people that we serve get the results that they want, right? And it's like just being really obsessive about trying new things, inventing new things and helping. Because if our clients don't get results, they're not ever going to refer us. They're not going to be happy and they're not going to stay, right? So that's something that we we focus on a lot in the agency is figuring out different ways. And sometimes it's helping people get out of their own way um, with when you're a service provider, right? But it's always trying to figure out how can we get the clients, the results that they want to have in whatever way makes sense in our business model. So those are those are probably the three. People will refer you and you they get great results. And as coaches, we have to be careful about guaranteeing a certain result, but we want to always try to over-deliver and support our clients in the ways that is that are really going to help them. Even though Rita's talking about something very concrete and tangible in terms of digital marketing, but with life coaching and other coaching, you can still over-deliver to your clients. And if you do that, they're going to make progress in some form, which they're going to be very happy with. So I want to shift gears and play a game. We like to close out every episode of the podcast with a game. And this game is higher or lower. And as always, it's brought to us by two things, chocolate and awesome. So the chocolate for today's podcast, and I can't believe I'm saying this as a sort of European chocolate lover, is Hershey's chocolate bar. So you have got one the other day, and it was so good. And I don't know why. I think I just, I've been eating less chocolate, and maybe I just... <laughs> It was really good. But you guys, if you're in the grocery store, you know, and you haven't given it a whirl in a while, just pick one up. And the awesome is our program, Build Real Business, which is a program to help you 
get happy paying clients in your coaching business. So if you want amazing training, support, and community, you can learn more at coachpony.com forward slash barb invite. That's B-A-R-B dash invite. Let us talk about higher or lower. So this is where I'm going to ask you questions, then I'm going to make wildly erratic guesses, and you're going to tell me if it's higher or lower. Sound good? And maybe I will make erratic wild guesses as well. <laughs> the good thing is there's no fact checking here. So it's, it's yes. really great. But it's a way for us to learn a little bit more statistically about your business. So you, uh, you know, built a $5 million business. I know you keep things lean. I know a little bit about your business. So I'm going to say the number of team members you have, the number of people who work for you is six, higher or lower, wildly erratic guess. Higher. What is the number? That's an excellent question. I just know it's more than six. Is it more than 10? Is it more than 20? I think like eight or 10. Yeah, a combo of like of employees and contractors, I feel like in that eight to 10 category. So for your very first digital marketing client, you charge, so this is a little bit different because you charge a monthly rate. Um, you charge them $1,500 US. Rita, by the way, is Canadian. I'm going to do everything in US dollars. Um, I do everything in US dollars as well. So yeah. for your first client, you charge them $1,500 a month to run ads. Wildly erratic guess. Higher or lower? Less. Less. What did you charge yes. your first client? $997. Does that make you sad now? <laughs> um <laughs> They probably got $997 worth of value out of that. So I think um, it probably was appropriate at the time. Fair enough. And so I want to say you started with what you felt was valuable and appropriate based on your skill set. And then you've raised your prices as your success and experience has grown, which is totally normal. Exactly. Yeah. And then it was a different client group then as it is now as well. So just a different level of business. To that end, your biggest clients. So every everyone you work with has a different ad budget and what they d decide they want to spend on ads. Some spend more, right. some spend less. So your biggest clients, wildly erratic guests, spend half a million dollars a month on ads. Higher or lower? Higher. Awesome. Do, is it like more than a million? I'm not going to ask for specifics, but are they? <laughs> now, now I'm curious. <laughs> like, please tell me more. We we have some seven figure. Spends seven yes. seven figure monthly spends. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yes. That's a lot of money over the year. Um, wow, but it just says you know that as your as your business gets into high six and seven figures, you can really start to put money into ads where it makes sense as you want to scale. Um, yes. Now, for coaches listening, I will say, if you're a brand new coach, I do not recommend spending any money on ads as a brand new coach because it's a way to just set money on fire until your sales funnel is proven, until you have a little bit of experience under your belt so you can really do the data and metrics that you need in order to make sure the ads will work for you. There's plenty of organic marketing that you can do, including relationship building. So that's just a yes. PSA. <laughs> PSA. Yes. Not to believe the hype. <laughs> and as someone who runs ads, do not do it when you're new. No. Rita literally does this for a living and she's backing me up on this, you guys. Awesome. So Rita, tell people where can they find you if they want to learn more about your digital marketing agency, Rita Berry. Yes, the easiest place to find me is at Rita Berry, B-A-R-R-Y dot C-O. It's not the fruit berry, it's the other one. And uh, that's people always get mixed up and not on social media because I'm not there. So the website is the easiest place to connect and see what we're all about. And I want to just point out, isn't it ironic that someone who runs a digital marketing agency has no need to advertise 
on social media herself. Yes. Because her relationships have led to all the business she needs and can handle and more than that because she has a wait list. So just to say, social media is not the answer to everything in your business, even if social media is your business. Awesome. Any final words for us, Rita, before before we wrap up today? I don't think so. I think you covered everything. You did a beautiful job at putting like periods at the end of my sentences when I ramble. So thank you for tying things in such nice bows for everybody. You're so welcome. And this is why I like Rita so much. She's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone, we will see you on the next episode. As always, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with another coach. And if you need more practical business help, for the love of chocolate, please go to coachpony.com and sign up for a free guide and business training designed to help you get paying clients. We'll see you over at www.coachpony.com.